Welcome to the Awakened Collective, where we explore the topics of love, spiritual consciousness, and our divine purpose on this planet. Join us as we uncover the truth that our thoughts shape our reality. Welcome to the Awaken Collective Podcast. I'm Rick Gregory. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. And a special thank you, as always, to Audio Alchemy Productions and Danny Anderson for the gift they are to the world and this wonderful place and their talents. Thank you for joining me today. And as always, I want to remind you that you are the divine extension of your creator's love on this universe you have never ever been separated from your creator and we have never not for a nanosecond been separated from one another we are connected at the same source well happy new year no specific resolutions for me uh, this year Um, we get to choose to make 2024 one day at a time amazing. So how amazing can we make this year? How we choose to see each moment as it unfolds makes the difference. I had uh, an interesting experience, a couple already this year, Um, but I'm going to ask Danny to put up a picture of my cocker spaniel. Her name is Diamond. (laughs) That's coming a little bit later. There you go, that one. There she is. So that's Diamond. She is 13 years old, and she is a sweetheart. She's one of four dogs that we have. We have three long-haired dachshunds, um, and Diamond, who is the oldest and the matriarch in the family. She is the sweetest, kindest, most loving dog. I, I can't apologize. I love animals, any animals. Um, I, there's just something about their innocence, their ability to even know when you're not feeling well or you're down, and their support, and they're just, they're just love, and, um, you know, I could sit with my dog on my lap and such peace will come over me. Uh, they just mean a lot to me. Well, this week, um, we have a little alcove in the hall outside the bedroom where we've got two of the dogs who love to sleep in their crates at night. Um, and then two of our other dogs who kind of, they have their own beds, but it's in a hall area. And we heard some noise at about three o'clock in the morning, some pitter patter noise. I could, I thought I heard one of the dogs sniffing under the bedroom door. Um, it woke us up and, you know, I was kind of groggy. Uh, Glenn went out into the hallway and said, Hey, uh, something's wrong with diamond. And I know I jumped up and um, went to see, and she had lost the use of her back legs. Um, her head was just bobbing all around her eyes. She had rapid eye movement Um, and you know, my heart kind of sank and, um, 13 is kind of old for a, a a cocker spaniel. She's getting up there and she's been deaf now, completely deaf for over a year. Um, so I knew, you know, her time was coming and you think about all, all that a pet has been through with you in your life. 
I had Diamond before I met Glenn, before I moved to Mississippi. You know, she's been through a lot with me. Um, But one thing I noticed is that, you know, I just had concern for her, compassion. I certainly didn't want to see her suffer. Um, But I believed it was probably time. And we got ready and brought her into the emergency facility down the street from her home. And, um, you know, I thought we were going there. My expectation was this was it. And um, we brought her in. They asked if we wanted a doctor to examine her. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, how much would that be? She's 13. It doesn't look like she's going to have any quality of life. All those thoughts that go through our heads. And, um, but I said, I definitely would like the doctor to agree with us that this is the end for her, you know, that she's not going to recover from this before we do anything. So let me tell you what, in a matter of two hours, three hours, she was back home completely herself. And it ended up being an inner ear infection that was causing a neurological issue. Um, And I say all of that to, to what was profound for me is that, you know, just a few years ago, I would not have been able to function. I would have been on the ground in a puddle. But something has changed. And, you know, it's, and I'm not, it wasn't that I was aloof or not caring. I, I felt compassion. I felt gratitude. Um, but it wasn't about me for finally. I wasn't viewing the circumstance of my life as how it was affecting me. Um, just to me, that was a miracle. And, um, you know, to just, to have that, have her there and to feel love and kindness and wanting her well, but knowing that it's okay if it's her time was just profound to me. It's all in how we choose to see things. So I thought that for this episode, it would be a great way to kick off this new year. If we would just summarize a few of the things that we have talked about over the last several episodes, you know, this none of what I have shared since day one has is new. Uh, it's it's all things that we have known deep in our gut. You know, it's always been there. It's nothing I miraculously came up with, or um, just you know, I'm sharing something I read in a book. It's something that clicked inside of me. All of the things that I've been sharing are things that I own in my knower. And I I think that we all know them to be true. It's like, you know, the sun is always shining. It could be cloudy out there, but the sun is always shining. It's just the clouds that sometimes tell us that the sun is not shining. But we get to choose that and say the sun is always shining. You know, in episode six, that was, you know, a couple of episodes ago, but, and I'm not going to go through all of them, but I, I just think it's great to have them all in one episode, some of these things that we've been discussing. But we talked about the fact that we are unknowingly products of our conditioning. And I want, I want to talk about that for a minute. So we come onto this planet, and I believe we come here with knowing who our creator is, with a purpose, with joy, with love. We look at a baby and see how, how they couldn't be anything but innocent and loving. And then, you know, we collect stuff. We're conditioned. Not only by, you know, our, our parents, our teachers, our preachers, our, you know, our neighbors, our friends, the media, what we take in, 
um, our, you know, whatever our circumstances of our family, however dysfunctional it may be, but go back, our ancestry, our culture, all of that plays a part in our conditioning. And, and we forget where we came from. And in that conditioning, we begin to have thinking and thoughts. And our thoughts create the life we have. And, and when we change our thoughts, we change our lives. Thought creates. We talked about how even the shoes I'm wearing, this studio and everything in it was created by thought. And there's a lot of new gadgets in here today. And they all started with thought. Not only Danny's thought that, hey, it would be great to have something like this in the studio, but someone thought to create that thing to begin with. It all starts, it all starts with our thought. It's powerful. And the great news is that we have free will and can choose our thoughts. We even exist because of the thought of our creator. And so if we were created by our creator, by our creator's thoughts, then our minds that think have thoughts that also create. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. This past, um, right after Christmas, I got to visit my grandkids that I haven't seen, and it's been too long. I'm ashamed to say it. It's been, it, I think it was 16 months. They live in Massachusetts. I'm in Mississippi. Um, no excuse. I am not waiting that long again because it was an amazing time. Um, my oldest daughter and her husband, they have four children, and they live in um, upper state Massachusetts, Cold, it was cold there, but actually it was pretty cold here as well. Um, but just being around kids and their innocence and their laughter and playing Mario Kart and indoor basketball and just being involved, it was, it was refreshing for me. But one night we went out to dinner and my oldest granddaughter made a comment to her sister, who's a few years younger than her, we were at dinner eating, and she I don't even know where this came from, but she said something about her sister having worms in her stomach. And I could see the look on her sister's face of just intense anguish. Like, she took that in, and it affected her. And she could not get it out of her mind that somehow she had worms in her stomach. She couldn't eat. It, it affected her appetite. And it just seemed to torment her. And, of course, the oldest granddaughter was spoken to for, for doing that and saying that. But do you know that two days later that she came down with a fever and then was vomiting? And, you know, and I checked after the fact to see if anyone else in the family got sick after I left and, and no one else had. And I, I can't help but wonder because our thoughts are so powerful that when we take something like that in and we dwell on it and we, we just get into thinkingness over it, I mean, it's a fact that our thinking can lead to changes, physiological changes in our body. So I don't know if that's what happened or not, but it, it certainly just brought back to mind how powerful our thoughts are. There is a, a writer that I, I read a lot of his books. He is um, the late Dr. David R. Hawkins, MD, PhD, and I have, my life really has changed as a result of the truths that have been uncovered in reading his material. Do you know that he started his, he had a profound spiritual experience where he was raised in Minnesota, 
He, I think he was, it was a young boy. I, I can't remember his age. He was very young, in fact, even to have a paper route. But that's what he was on, his paper route. And it was freezing cold, snowing, and he was delivering papers. And it got to the point where the wind was so frigid and cold that he knew that if he didn't take cover, he didn't think he was going to survive. It was that cold. He dropped his bike, dug a hole in a, um, made like an igloo, like we do when we're kids, if you're familiar with that in the snow, but dug a hole into a snowbank and went in there to get out of the wind. His father found him um, and he, dead. Um, he, he had apparently had died, but in his... His sharing of this, because he obviously did not, he came back to life. His father came in. He shares the story in his book. But he had a profound spiritual experience where he experienced being one with all of the universe. And it was almost as if he had a choice whether he wanted to come back or not. And from that point, he had a desire to relieve human suffering. He grew up, became a doctor, was a doctor for decades. And as a physician realized that people's physical ailments more and more were confirmed to him, were, were started in the thought process, in what was going on in the mind. So he left medicine as a medical doctor and became a psychologist, psychiatrist, I'm sorry, had the largest psychiatric practice in New York. And after quite some time as a psychiatrist realized that even the thoughts and what goes on in the mind, that there is uh, another source, that it all begins in a spiritual realm. And I, we even learned that in AA. We have a spiritual malady. So he left everything, everything. Went up and got a little house, a little hut, had a cot that he got from Salvation Army or Goodwill for a bed, had an upside-down box for a nightstand, and just retreated for years, had spiritual experiences, um, really just depended on the kindness of others. Um, but he came back after that period of time to teach of all the things that had been uncovered, the truths. Um, and they are, it's profound. He's got a, I would highly recommend checking him out, uh, Dr. David Hawkins. You know, in one of our episodes, we talked about Forgiveness, so understanding that we are just products of our conditioning. Until we wake up, we don't know any better. And when we awaken to the fact that we are all products of our conditioning, we can know that others are doing the very best they can do with what they believe about themselves, about their world, because of that conditioning. Many have not begun a journey of doing any self-examination or looking inward, but we were all there once. How can we judge? How can we see ourselves as separate from one another? In order for us to judge another human being, we would have to not only know every experience of their life, all of their ancestry, all of their culture, everything they have been taught, everything they have seen and believed about themselves that has brought them to where they are making the decisions that they're making today. And the same is true for all of us until we can get to that point where we can wake up and look at ourselves so we can have compassion 
And that's the key, remembering that we are all in various places on this planetary journey, that we are all connected, that everyone is our teacher. There's this funny word, it's upaguru, upaguru, and it means the teacher nearby. So right now I've got Danny here, and we just actually had an experience here this morning where we learned something together. But we always, the person next to us is our teacher nearby. And that that word, it goes on to say, since everyone, anyone and everyone that crosses our path does so for a reason, they all should be looked upon as an upaguru with something to teach you. Everyone is our mirror reflecting ourselves back to us. And there's always another way to see things. You know, even when we look in a mirror at our faces, it's an illusion because it's a reverse image. We're not seeing what other people see when we look in a mirror, what we actually look like. Have you ever thought about that? I'm going to ask Danny to put up an image for me. And I I know that some folks are listening by podcast. Um, I'm going to give you the links and things like that for you to, you can come and check out these videos so you can see these pictures. But for right now, I'm going to have Danny put up a picture of our plates. And I want you to take a look at this. And this was on our Facebook page, my Facebook page. But it's just another example of how things are not always as they seem. So in this picture of plates that all are upside down, these paper plates, divided plates, all upside down, there's one that's right side up. And when you find that, all of the others become right side up. It's kind of a mind trick, but I think our minds play tricks on us all the time. It's just to emphasize the fact that things are not always as they they appear to be. So I know you can't see this as I said, But if you're listening to the podcast, but you can go on Facebook and you can look up my Facebook page, The Awakened Collective, and the video will be there. I'm also on YouTube under Frederick Gregory. That's my actual full name, Frederick Gregory. Or you could look up Frederick Gregory. It's never too late to live your best life. That's on my my YouTube. But check out my Facebook page. Forgiveness. It starts with forgiving ourselves. We just talked about recognizing that other people are products of their conditioning. Well, so were we. Forgiving ourselves for what we didn't know, doing the best we could with what we believed to be true at the time and extending that same forgiveness, understanding that everyone else is in the same boat. And what we extend always comes back to us. When we extend forgiveness, kindness, love, it comes back to us. May we be people of love and forgiveness in 2024. I want to go back to what we talked about thinking and thinkingness. We had an episode where we had an example and we asked you to, if you could make whatever amount of money, what would be your desired amount of money that you'd want to make in a year? And take a minute to think about that. It was a simple question, and it was a simple thought. It took me a minute to think about it, but I came up with an answer. And then we asked the question, take that number that you just came up with and multiply it by five now. And what happened? We all, I think, got into thinkingness. We started thinking things like, man, that's too much money. I don't know anybody that makes that money, that much money. Why would I even need or want that much money? I don't deserve that much money. 
all the thoughts. That's thinkingness. Thoughts come and they can come intuitively. They'll just pop into our heads. We'll have a wonderful idea that will pop in. And then we'll convince ourselves with thinkingness why it won't work out. And we can never think ourselves into a place of joy. Joy and happiness is our natural state. We don't actually have to work up thoughts to think ourselves into joy. And I'm going to give you an example of that in a minute. And there's a quote that says, I've thought my way out of joy and happiness a million times, but never once into it. Because that joy, happiness, that peace is our natural state. It's clouded by a lot of crap, but it's our natural state. And it rises up in us. So I had a thought even as I was putting this together of my my son when he was really young. I think he was probably seven or eight years old. And we were involved in a church. And my oldest daughter had a good friend who was going on a missions trip. And she did not was, was trying to raise money and was struggling. My son had raised allowance money to purchase, I forget what it was. It was like a Lego. It wasn't Legos. It was one of those big... It was like a Ferris wheel, big, huge Ferris wheel that you put together and it automatically, it, it would by battery, would go around. Anyway, he had saved up all kinds of money for this. And he gave the money he saved to his sister's friend for her missions trip. It touched my heart like you read about. That a kid this age would be moved to take something he had worked hard to save up for something he really wanted and give it away to someone. I had joy rise up in me. I didn't have to think myself into that joy. Joy is my natural state, and it's your natural state. It's in there. That blessed my heart. The thoughts about it came after the feeling. So may we come into greater awareness this year, 2024, of our natural state, of love, peace, and joy. And we talked about staying in the now. This, to me, is probably the greatest gift I have received. Staying in the moment. It's the only moment we truly have where our hands and feet are. In this unfolding moment, breathing, our hearts pumping, without my getting involved, without my assistance or our assistance, but by some divine intelligence that I choose to call God or my creator, we would be a protoplasmic puddle on the ground. If a power greater than us, that divine intelligence, wasn't keeping our hearts pumping and our lungs breathing, and we don't even think about it. So where do we get off thinking? Where do I get off thinking? that I have to be in the driver's seat of my life when I can't even keep myself alive. It's a power greater than me that's doing all that. So why wouldn't that same power that's greater than me take care of me one moment at a time, day in and day out? Me being in the driver's seat only causes me, and I'm sure you, anxiety, panic, frustration, all things that negatively impact me and actually can have a negative impact on my health. Intuitive thought, 
rather than that thinkingness. It's only available in this moment. I can't have an intuitive thought tomorrow unless I'm in the moment when tomorrow comes. Access to our creator and all the power of the universe is found in this moment. It's not in the past. It's not in the future. So you may be asking, so what are you saying, Rick? We don't have future goals or future plans or aspirations. That's not what I'm saying. Make your goals. Make your plans. Have your aspirations. It's when we believe that we won't be happy until we reach that point that we get into trouble. If It's when we believe that we won't be joyful and free until we get to that place or until we have that thing in the future that we miss life because life is happening now. So make plans, have goals, but stay in the day. What can you do today? We can only make, make those plans today, right? So what can we do today, that one small step today towards that goal? And then be grateful in this moment for that one step that we took. I say this often, but if someone had told me 10 years ago that I was the master of this ship called life and that I could have anything I wanted in life, as long as I wrote it down, now again, this was 10 years ago, as long as I wrote this down 10 years ago, and that I had to stick to that list without variation. Think about that for a minute. So if you were asked, you're the master of your ship. If 10 years ago you wrote down everything that you wanted in life, at that point 10 years ago, knowing that you are going to be stuck with that list without variation, where would you be today? And looking what I have in my life today, the wonderful things that would not have been on that list 10 years ago because I would not have thought about them. I didn't even know I desired them 10 years ago. It would be a sad state of affairs. That same creator that keeps these hearts pumping, our lungs filled with air, keeps the trillion-plus cells in our bodies doing what they do. These cells that don't, all of a sudden, one day, our heart cells don't start thinking that they're kidney cells or our bone cells thinking that they're liver cells. or It's just perfect synchronicity. I've just found that, you know, going back to that list, remaining flexible. Life happens. It's ebb and flow. Remaining flexible like a willow tree or like water yields the greatest rewarding results. Because in that exercise I just mentioned to you, I realized that sometimes I don't know what I truly desire. And it's like the universe somehow does. And it unfolds as it's intended to unfold. May we experience the present moment much more often in 2024. How are we doing for time, Danny? Are we going to... 
Yeah, we're right at uh, uh, 28 minutes. So I am going to ask for, we're going to take a break. This is a little different. We're going to take a minute break and ask for a word from our sponsors. Here we go. Are you ready to launch your podcast with ease? Let Audio Alchemy Productions elevate your content with our state-of-the-art four-camera studio and top-tier audio production. Focus on your message while we handle the rest. From recording to distribution on all major platforms. Whether you're a brand, an influencer, or a storyteller, let's amplify your voice. Contact us at 601-672-6591 and start your podcast journey today. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, start your podcast journey today. Reach out to Danny. Um, we all have something to share, and it's in sharing, sharing our stories that makes the difference. Uh, you know, one of the things we talked about, and I know I'm just going through these kind of quickly, but we, I'm, I had a hypothetical one, one podcast, a what-if question. What if we had a soul agreement before we came to this planet? What if this trip on this planet and all of the experience we have had or will have, we agreed to? We agreed with our creator. We had a, a joining where we said, yeah, that's, I want to desire I want, to, I want to accomplish this core desire when I come on the planet. And so what, will my, what experiences of my life will lead to that? And we came up with a list of them and we agreed to them. Would that change how we look at life, even if it is hypothetical? I know for a fact that I wouldn't be what I am today if it was not for what I perceived at the time to be some of the darkest days of my life. So how many times have you looked back and have been able to make sense of an event? Hindsight's twenty twenty, Make sense of an event and see how it played a part and where you are today. May we begin to see how life is happening for us rather than to us in 2024. Henry Ford, we quoted him one podcast. He said, whether we think we can or we think we can't, we're right. The verse from the Bible, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Or Ralph Waldo Emerson's, we become what we think about all day long. When we are thinking negatively or positively, we will find evidence to support us. And, you know, funny story um, is that this past, other, another thing that happened this week was I had an issue with a car, a flat tire that, long story, but it couldn't, I, they didn't want us to use fix a flat to get it into the shop because it might void the warranty on the tires. So we had to get a tow truck to come get the car, which was covered by the tire insurance we had, thankfully. Um, but 
I had an issue with the service department. They were not returning calls. I could not get through to anyone and speak to anyone to find out a status. And I got all up in my head. And I wanted to teach them about customer service and how they treat customers. And I, I wrote a, a, a text to the salesperson who was wonderful explaining my dismay at the level of whatever with the service. And, you know, I got into that place, that negative headspace. And I tell you what, in a matter of minute, uh, minutes, I was finding evidence everywhere I looked to support my negative mindset. I'm in a brand new house, first brand new house I've, we've ever owned, new construction. I was starting to see everything wrong that they did wrong. That the, the, you know, the people that built it, the way they put the floor in, the seams in the ceiling the, or the, the crown molding or whatever. I was seeing all this stuff. I was, we went out to lunch and I was getting pissed off at the way people parked. I was finding evidence. I got in that mindset and it, it changed hours of my day. And Glenn was like laughing at me because he knows I'm not usually like that. But it, I needed to remember that. So whether we are thinking negatively or positively, we will find evidence. So why not choose the positive and find positive evidence to support our positive mindset? In, in episode two, there was a quote, and I've mentioned it on a couple of episodes because I think it's pretty profound. And people always, you know, I used to think that a spiritual awakening was pie in the sky and, you know, what is that all about? And, you know, having your head in the clouds and, you're of no earthly good, my parents used to say, <laughs> if your head's in the clouds. And this quote uh, from Anthony DeMello sums it up for me. Human beings are born asleep. We live asleep and die asleep. And then he says, well, maybe we're not born asleep. We're born awake. But as the brain develops, we fall asleep. We have children asleep, raise children asleep, handle big business deals asleep. Enter government office asleep and die asleep. We never wake up. This is what spirituality is about. Waking up. Have you ever gotten into the comatose state while you're driving? You know, we just get on autopilot and don't even see what's going on around us and forget how we got to even where we, we were at. And I remember taking my kids over uh, we were on Cape, on Cape Cod, and I could not even remember if I had gone over the bridge or not. I mean, we just get into this autopilot sleeping mode. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. It's not the other way around. We are in this form, this hands, feet, this body, this protoplasmic form, form, you can take a microscope and you can look at your hand, you will see atoms and molecules and particles and subatomic particles. We are comprised of the same thing as everything else that is formed in the universe, and we are interconnected. Our eternal spirits were deposited in this form and are being carried around in this form on this planetary journey to gain experience and wisdom 
to awaken. To remember that we are not of this world. And when we get that, that we are not of this world, it changes everything. It changes how we see ourselves, how we see our journey on this planet, and how we see the world around us. May we awaken in 2024. There was a Facebook post I put out a few days back, and someone commented on it and said, you can't just choose to be happy. You can't just make a choice to be happy in the face of a difficult situation, and I get that. And I, I did uh, comment back to this individual um, because I do understand that. But what we can do, and here's the key word here, what we can do is be willing, willing, willing to believe that there could be another way of seeing the situation that we're struggling with, even if it takes time. So just don't close the door on that willingness because I I honestly get it. When I lost the love of my life at the time in 2010 to an accidental overdose of pain medication. And I've shared this, but you know, he, he was on pain medication for many years due to work-related injuries, multiple surgeries, and had run out a few days ahead of his script coming in and asked a neighbor if she had anything for pain. And I'm sure he thought he was taking something very similar to his little five milligram Percocets. But it was much more than that. It was Oxycontin. He went to sleep that night and went into respiratory arrest and didn't wake up. And, you know, if someone were to have told me, oh, Rick, you know, at that time, just choose to be happy. Um, I can't tell you what I would have done. Now, I didn't know the things. I, I wasn't aware of the truths that I'm aware of today, but I'm sure it still would not have been something that I would have just put a smile on my face. It was a dark, dark time. But I look back now, and I see how even that has worked together for my good. The only thing we have control over is how we choose to see things, how we react to them. Can we recontextualize an event, ask ourselves, how can I see this differently? To see that it's simply as it is in this moment, to see that life can be viewed, if I am willing, I can view this as perhaps happening for me and not to me, that somehow this event and all events can somehow be working together for my good and not resist what's happening. You know, we don't resist, I mean, the thoughts come, the feelings and associated feelings come, we're not trying to shut them out. We don't resist them. We allow them. But we become the witness to them and not the victim of them. We don't identify with them as ourselves personally. We become the spectator in the audience of life and not the actor on center stage. 
in some countries, I know this is true in Ireland, and I love this, you don't hear people say, I am sad, I am depressed. They don't identify with the sadness by saying, I am sad. They say, sadness is on me. I like that. They recognize that it's separate from them. It's on them. It's not who they are. It's okay to feel it. We become a witness to it and don't identify it as your personal self. Viktor Frankl, who was a survivor of the Holocaust and wrote a book, several books, but wrote a book called A Man's Search for Meaning. I think it's even required reading in a lot of colleges. If you have not read it, please do so. It puts everything in perspective. A Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl. He says, everything can be taken from a man but one thing. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. To choose one's own way. Someone who survived the atrocities of the Holocaust. He also said that between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and freedom. Stimulus. Keep that word in mind for a minute. So, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, I am a grateful recovering alcoholic. AA has changed my life. It's what started this whole wonderful journey for me. But there is a paragraph that when I first heard it almost five years ago, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I resisted the truth in it. I didn't like it. (laughs) But I have come to find that it is a truth that has helped to set me free. And this is what it says. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, that's the stimulus. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some facet of my life unacceptable to me, like I did with that service center and the car dealership. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. I must keep my magic magnifying mind on my acceptance and off of my expectations for my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance. When I Remember this. I can see I have never had it so good. May we remember this.
2024. It takes practice, my friends. I have not arrived. The joy, though, is in the journey, I assure you. So let's endeavor to take this joyful journey together in 2024. Let's practice these things one day at a time. Forgiveness, remembering our natural state of love, peace, and joy, being present in the moment, realizing when we are personally identifying with our emotions as ourselves, seeing life as happening for us and not to us, recognizing that our thoughts are creating the life we get to live and therefore choosing wisely. I'm going to ask Danny to put up a picture of a couple of books. There are two books that I have written and are available on Amazon. One is called The Awakened Collective 30-Day Mindfulness Challenge, and it would be a great way to start this new year of staying in the moment. I also have written a children's book called Harry the Hose Remembers His Purpose. There it is there, if you can see it. And it was based on this picture I had and thought one day of a hose that was disconnected from the outdoor faucet of a house. It was really hot, and the hose was just enjoying the water falling on the end nozzle there, the metal piece, and it was enjoying the water. But it was forgetting that the greatest joy was being connected to that source, that source of water, and having it rush through him to quench the thirst of the garden and the flowers. For there is greater joy in giving than receiving. So those two books are available on Amazon. They are also available on our website, theawakencollective.org. There's our tab, My Published Books. Um, You will find them there. There's also a tab called My Favorite Books, which has books from many of the authors that I have found life-changing. And please feel free to read some of those books I I know that they will um, make a difference for you. And also, as I said earlier, take a minute and join my Facebook page. I know that there are folks out here because I'm. this is being cast onto my Facebook page. But if you're hearing this in a podcast, um, check out my Facebook page, The Awakened Collective. It's a source of encouragement on this journey. And if you're like me, I need encouragement. Let's encourage one another. So as always, I'd love to hear from you. If you are struggling in any way, please reach out. Please reach out. I would love to be able to help in any way I can. All I have to share is my experience, the strength and hope that I have received. Um, And that's how it works, folks. We just pass it on. And you can reach me at email, uh, Rick Gregory at theawakencollective.com. And in speaking about someone who loves to help, thank you again to Danny Anderson and Audio Alchemy Productions. I love you, my friend. Until next time, love and kindness always. <laughs>